Welcome to this teaching. I am so excited about this. I really look forward to share this word with you. Today I'm going to talk about the covenants and you're going to see that we are not under the law of Moses anymore. The covenant with Moses is over, is out, is not for us. So we shall not try to keep the law. No, Jesus came with something better. He came to create a new covenant. So we are not called to live by the old, by the letter, as the Bible calls it. Because the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And this is what you saw. Because when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, with the law, they have already broken the law and 3,000 people died. But when the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, 3,000 got new life. Why? Because the letter kills and the spirit gives life. And you are going to hear something I think many of you have not heard before. And it's going to open your eyes. It's going to set you free to live the life God has for you. A life in freedom. A life, yes, where you are holy, where you don't live in sin. But... That life is not coming by trying to keep the law. That life is coming by focus on the new life and the spirit. So I believe this teaching is going to help you and set you free. God bless you. Welcome to the Pioneer School and welcome to this teaching. I really look forward to share this word with you. I believe that this word today is going to set many people free. It's going to help you to get the big picture of what the new covenant, the new testament is all about. What Jesus came to do and how we can walk in freedom. And I believe this is so important, this word. And I look so much forward to share it. Before I'm going to start, I want to share some testimonies. Last time I spoke out of the book of Hebrews, and I've got a lot of response out of this. And I just want to read two testimonies I have got out of the list, the last lessons. And, and I believe that, that this show a good picture of what my heart is and what God is doing today. One wrote to me, Tom, I just Finish lesson 15. One word, wonderful. I started reading Hebrews after watching the video. Often reading the whole Bible through and through back 20 times, listen to it on CD 40 times, plus thousands of hours of study in the Bible. I have never, I have never read Hebrews like I am now. 
The wisdom you presented have totally transformed my life to a greater desire of godliness than I have ever had since 1972. Thank you, thank you, thank you for speaking the truth. I love your teaching. It is transforming my life. And I love this because this is showing what God is doing. Here we have a person who have read the Bible from one end to the other about 20 times, who have listened to it on CD 40 times, and have, have thousands of hours of study in the Bible. But after she heard the last lesson on the Pioneer School, she went in and read Hebrews one more time. And what did she say? I have never read it like I am now. And she's saying that these teachings are transforming my life. And this is what I want to do. I want to take the glasses off us, our tradition, our, our tradition, also when it comes to reading the Bible, also when it comes to what we have heard. Many things we have heard being taught in the church today, and we have believed that was true. True. And out of that, we get some understanding. Who's not building on the Bible, but building on tradition. And when we read the Bible, we think, yeah, look, this is what we have heard. But it's not. We only think it's like that. Why? Because we read the Bible through glasses. It's what I've been saying before. If you study to become a Lutheran priest, you can see that Baptism of babies is biblical. Many can see it, but us who don't have that background, we're like, how can you, un- how can you see that? How can you think it's like that? But it's because of the glasses, because of the way we are used to see in the Bible. And I believe the teaching today is going to give you a big picture and it's going to help you to take the glasses off you so you can come in like her, and read the Bible in a new way, and like her, that this is going to transform your life. Another person wrote to me, that the la- I have to say that the last p- few days, I have found myself repenting. I love how fearless the Spirit of God have made you. Your last two teachings have pierced me to the heart. I'm going through a massive shift as a result. And then he continued, Since starting the Pioneer School, we have seen more miracles and healing than we have ever seen the last 25 years of ministry. These teachings are radical and biblical and would only serve to increase faith and obedience. Thank you for listening and obeying. So here we have a person, again, who have a strong ministry, who was serving God, who was knowing the word, but through this teaching, he have found himself in deep repentance. Through this teaching, it have he have gone through a massive shift. And the result is also that the last, since he started the pioneer school, he has seen more miracles, more healing than he have done the last 25 years he have done ministry. 
And this is what I believe. I believe that this teaching is going to help us to take the glasses off. Help us to go into to a massive shift in our personal life with God. And the result of that life is miracles, is healing. The result is people are getting saved, life are getting changed, and the church is growing. And we live the life as we read in the book of Acts. And again, I love testimonies, and I could tell a lot of testimonies since last time I did the, uh, this, the teaching here. We have been in England, and it was so amazing. I encourage you to see the video from England. It was in the church of England, but there was a freedom like it's very seldom I experienced. There was a freedom. I was just sharing the word. And, and people got saved and healed and, and, and got set free. And it was so strong. And, and we baptized eight persons. We went out in other side of the road where there was another church who have a baptism place. And we baptized people there on their own faith. And, and life got Changed and and we were in London and and we saw people got set free from demons and heal and a lot of things happen. And God is doing it almost every day now. Uh, a few days ago, I met a woman who had got saved two weeks ago through our website, and and she had been through a deliverance, but she was not totally free. When they pray for her, often she cough and something. A depression and sickness, a demon need to come out of her. But I met her two days ago, a few days ago, and I prayed for her and there she got set free. And it was so strong again. It was me and her in a small room and the Spirit of God came. And she was standing like this. <laughs> the peace. The peace. I've never experienced a peace like this. Oh, the peace and crying. And I was crying almost. And it was so strong. The Spirit of God came in a small room. And she wrote to me a few days later, the day after, Tom, what a lovely day yesterday. Wonderful. I thank God every day for leading me to this way. The last thing left me yesterday. In the beginning when they prayed for me, I was coughing and fighting because the evil thing had to go out. But yesterday it left me and I got a peace. Oh, what peace. A wonderful peace. And she's talking about this peace. And, and she, she's thanking me and thanking for the pioneer school and everything. And then she wrote to me also that, oh, I look forward to get prayer for again and to receive the Holy Spirit. And when she wrote that, I was like, come on, you have the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you have it because when I prayed for her, I saw the Spirit came over her. So I wrote to her, you have it, just begin to speak. And then she wrote to me a few hours later, oh, this is so wonderful. I, I just started and word was coming out of me. I don't know where the word was coming from. It was coming from my spirit and I'm speaking in tongues. Now I'm worshiping God. This is so amazing. How did you know? How did you know I already have the Holy Spirit? I love it. I love what God is doing. And I believe this teaching today is going to help you. Help us to come in and see more of this. See more life getting changed. See what I've been reading and telling here with the testimonies. Last time I spoke about, out of this also, that we have received grace instead of grace. This is what it can be 
translating instead of for, grace instead of grace. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came to Jesus Christ. When he talks about that, it's talking about a covenant. Because the, God created a covenant with Moses who was built on the law. But later God created a new covenant with Jesus built on grace and truth. So it's talking about a covenant. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came to Jesus Christ. And then Roman is saying, Sin shall not have dominion over you, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Say in another way, when you are, when you are under the law, sin will then have dominion over you. But when you are under the grace in the new covenant, sin has no dominion over you. If I look at the church today, there is many people in the church who are still living under the law, who are still living under the old covenant. And because of that, they don't experience the freedom from sin. In their life, sin has dominion over you. Over them. In their life, they focus on sin all the time. Sin is a hard thing. They are fighting with sin and they feel that sin has bound them and sin has dominion over them. But when you start to walk in the new covenant under the grace, under the truth, sin has no dominion over you. And you experience a freedom that is so amazing. You experience a peace. And this is some of the things I'm going to talk about today. Before I'm going to start, I would like to pray. God, I thank you for this testimony. I thank you for everything you are doing, God. I thank you because we are going to hear more testimonies of people's life getting changed. And I pray, God, that this teaching today is going to set the body free. It's going to open their eyes, God. So people can come in and walk under grace, walk in the new covenant. God, come with your Holy Spirit. Open their eyes, open their ears, open their hearts, God. God, so they can receive everything you want to give to them today. Come with your Holy Spirit and help me to share this word, God. So it's going to be word that's going to set people free in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to continue. I'm going to talk about the new and the old covenants and the different covenants in the Bible. If you don't know the word covenant, covenant is almost like another word is testament. If a person is going to die, before that person is going to die in our everyday life, he can sit down and write a testament. In that testament, he tells who's going to inherit what he owns. And that testament can be with conditions or without conditions. If he write a testament with condition, it can be you own this house on one condition, that you're not going to sell the house and do like this and do like this. And there are stories of that where people have written testament where there is conditions. That people, the person the testament is written for. He cannot go in and change the testament. He cannot go in and say, I think we should add this and add this and add this. No. The testament, when this is written, we can do only one thing and two things. We can accept it with the 
conditions or we can leave it. We cannot go in and change it. So when God is, is making a covenant with us, with people, we cannot go in and say, God, uh, I think, shall we change that? I think we should change that. I think we should do this and do this. No, we can accept it or we can leave it. We cannot go in and change it. And now we're going to go through different covenants in the Bible. And I want to say that if you don't know so much about Noah and Moses and Abraham, Moses and David and some of the people we are going to look at, I know there is a lot of information in the beginning, but it's going to be really, really interesting later. So I just encourage you to keep up with me when I'm going through some of these information, because when I'm going through that later, when we're going to look at the New Testament, the New Covenant, you will see also a very clear picture how everything somehow lead toward the time we are living in today. So this is really important. The first thing we're going to look at is God's covenant with Noah. Uh, I can say the story is that God created heaven and earth and everything in the beginning and he put Adam and Eve in the garden. But they sinned. And they were thrown out of the garden because of their sin. And death came to the world. And short time after, God regretted that he had created man because they were doing evil all the time. So God wanted to destroy the whole earth. But he found Noah. And God saved Noah and his family by saying to them that they should build an ark. And they built that ark. And when they came out of that ark, God created a covenant with them. He said to them that life is holy. And, and he talked about life, what God wants to do now. And then he said, and you can go and read it later if you want, in Genesis chapter 9. Then God says, I will now establish my covenant with you and with you, with the descendants after you. So God there established a covenant with Noah and his descendants after Noah. And who is that? That is also you and me. Because that covenant was not only with Noah, it was with the whole earth. And in the covenant, God is saying that he will establish his covenant. And never again a flood will destroy the whole earth. Never again there will be a flood, he said. And this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature for the generation to come. I have set my rainbow in the cloud and I will, and it would be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So we can say here that God created a covenant with Noah and with us. And he said, never again would God destroy every living thing by a flood. And he put the rainbow as a sign of that covenant. In the New Testament, they are also talking about Noah. You read about Noah in Hebrews chapter 11. 
And you read about also in First Peter 3 when they talk about salvation, when they talk about baptism. Peter is saying this. He's talking about the ark. In that are only a few people, eight people got saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now save you. Not a removing from dirt from the body, but a place of a clear conscience toward God. So when the flood, what happened there is a picture today of the baptism that now saved. And uh, we continue. God then later created a covenant with Abraham. And Abraham, he was 75 years old and God said to him that he should leave his house, go out to a place God wanted to take him. And Abraham, because of his obedience, because of his faith, he become heirs to righteousness. And you read about him also in Hebrews chapter 11. And that covenant was with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And Jesus, when he's in New Testament and talking about God, he's, he's talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And this is our God today, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And in that covenant, God said different things. God, he said that he will bless Abraham and he will be, become a great nation are great people. So he's talking about many people out of Abraham and he's talking about a nation. He's talking about the area of Israel that God wants to give to his descendants. And he's saying that everybody who bless you shall be blessed and everybody who curse you shall be cursed. And then he said to him, as a sign of that covenant, that circumcision is a sign of the covenant. And I will just read some of it, and it's also really interesting. He says here to Abraham, that God in Genesis chapter 17, Genesis chapter 17, that this is my covenant, which you shall keep, between me and you and your descendants after you. Every man amongst you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And then he said that every man, every person who's not circumcised shall be cut off because he had broken my covenant. So God created a covenant with Abraham that he will bless him and he will be a great people. God created a covenant with Abraham that he was going to inhabit the, what he see, the earth, what we know as Israel. And it was the covenant. The sign they should carry from that covenant was that they need to be circumcised. On the foreskin. Every man have to cut some of the foreskin at the penis off. And it was the sign they were going to carry on their body. And everybody who was not carrying that sign 
was going to be cut off. This covenant is for, when you talk about nation, it's from the Israelite. It's for those people. I'm not a Jew. So in many ways, it's not exactly for me, but in many ways, it's still for me. Because by faith, Abraham is my father. And the Bible is saying that everybody who blessed them shall be blessed and everybody who cursed them shall be cursed. And God is faithful. And when you talk about that God is faithful, it means that God is faithful to his word. If you bless Israel, you are going to be blessed. But if you curse, you are going to get cursed. Why? Because God is Faithful. And if you look in the Muslim countries, what are they doing? They are cursing Israel. And they, because they are doing that, look at the maps. They are not blessed. Many places where Islam is taking over, their country is not blessed. So this is really important. God is faithful and what he has said, he's going to do. And again, in the New Testament... The New Testament is again talking about this because this is also a picture of the time we are living in. I will just read from Romans 4. It's talking about that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. So he received the circumcision as a sign of the seal of the righteousness he has while he was still uncircumcised. What do that say? That say that he got righteous by faith. So, so he didn't get righteous because of circumcision. He got righteous because of faith. And circumcision is now a sign of that righteousness he already has by faith. And because of that, he became the father of us who are not circumcised, but who have the faith, faith, that is you and me who is not Jews, and he became father of the Jews. And Romans 4 is talking about that. And again, this is a picture of the new covenant we are living in today. What do Jesus say? The new covenant is saying, him who believe and is baptized shall be saved. But it's not like we get righteous by baptism, no, we get righteous by faith. But baptism is a sign we, we take because of the righteousness we already have. So we don't baptize people who don't have our faith. They have to have the faith and then they need to get baptized. And I just want to read from Colossians, because in Colossians chapter 2, you see that this is a picture of the baptism today. For in Jesus you were circumcised with a circumcision, not performed by human hand. But when you cut off or put off your flesh, when you were circumcised by Christ, when you were baptized to him, and you were raised with him. So at that time in the old covenant they by faith received the righteousness. Abraham by faith received the promise. And then they cut off the foreskin. And this 
is a picture of now what we are living in today. Today we are circumcised, not on the flesh by cotton of the foreskin. No, we are circumcised by cotton of the sin, cotton of the old life when we get baptized to Jesus Christ. How important is baptism in water? I know people say baptism in water is not important. Why? Because we get righteous by faith and not by baptism. So we don't need to get baptized. But what God said to Abraham was that everybody who don't get baptized shall be cut off. And everybody who don't get circumcised shall be cut off. And Moses saw that later. Because in Exodus chapter 4, some generation after Abraham, we read, read that Moses, he was on his way with his wife Zipporah and his son. And we read that there God came and tried to kill him. And Zipporah, Moses' wife, then took a knife, cut off the foreskin of the son of Moses. And when she did that, God left him alone and he didn't kill him. And for us, when we read Exodus chapter 4, verse 24 to 26, in our mind, we don't understand why did God come to kill him? Why would God kill him? Because he had broken the covenant. But as soon as Zipporah, Moses' wife, took the knife and cut the foreskin of the son, God didn't kill him. God left him alone. So God is faithful. God is faithful. That means that when we keep his condition, he keeps his covenant. But if we break his condition... We have broken his covenant. God is faithful in everything he's saying in his word. So how important is baptism? Baptism is really, really important. And you're going to see that later when we are going through the new covenant, the new testament. And, and it's so interesting when we talk about baptism today because... I'm grown up in a Lutheran country and many people in Denmark are afraid to talk about baptism because we don't want to offend the Lutheran church who have water on the head of babies. And I had the same view the first years I was Christian. I, I, I didn't talk about baptism. But then I saw that I'm not allowed to not talk about it because this is part of the covenant. May cost anything to follow Jesus. When they got circumcised, the Jews, circumcision have caused a lot of things up through this history. Under Second World War, when the Nazis in Germany want to persecute and kill the Jews, very often they said to people, down with the trousers. And there they saw that they carried the mark on their body 
they were circumcised. And because they saw, the Nazis saw that they were circumcised, they got killed. It cost them their life. But they still did it. Why? Because of the covenant. As circumcision through the history have cost many people's life and persecution. The same way have baptism in water cost many people's life and persecution through the history. When the Anabaptists started to again baptize people on their own faith, on the water, the biblical baptism, they, many people got persecuted and killed because of the Catholic Church, because of the Lutheran Church, because of the Calvinistian Church. Many people have to give up their life because of that truth. But today we're like, no, it don't matter, it don't matter. We don't want to offend anybody. There's people around me, my family, my tradition, who, who, who will look down on me if I do it, so I don't do it because you are righteous by faith and baptism is just a sign. No. Yes, baptism is a sign, but it's more than just a sign the way we think it. And you see that very clear in this. I also want to say that, that the Lutheran Church and, and baptize babies and say that, hey, babies need to get baptized because they got on the eighth day. But you have to have the faith before you get the baptism. So we should not baptize babies. We should baptize believers on their own, own faith. And this is what you see in the new covenant with Jesus Christ. So we are going to continue. The covenant with Moses. I want to say that the covenant with Moses, God made a covenant with Moses. That covenant is different for these covenants. Because the covenant with Moses was a covenant that was not everlasting. It was only a period until the anointing one was going to come. Onto the anointing one, onto uh, Messias in Hebrew was going to come, or in Greek Christ. So it was only a, 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 a it was a covenant that was not everlasting, the same way as these covenants. And in Exodus chapter 19, on the Mount of Zion, God came down with the Ten Commandments and the rest of the law, and God make a covenant with Moses and the Israelites. And we read in Exodus 24, then God, he came, Moses came and told what God's law says. And they said that everything the Lord says we will do. And then God, Moses took the blood of animal and sprinkled it to the, on the people. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant that the law have made with you in, con- in accordance with all of these words. So Moses took the blood and said, this is the blood of the covenant God have made with you. And he put the blood on the people and on the law. It's very interesting because later there is another person called Jesus Christ who is going to say almost the same. 
He take the cup and say, this is the blood of the new covenant that God have made. So this was the blood of the covenant and Jesus came later and made the with the blood of the new covenant. So the covenant with Moses is that he will bless them if they keep his whole law. And the heart of the law, we can say the law, law that was the law of the Israelite, uh, Israel, the country, there was the law of the offering, and there, there was the Ten Commandments, who was somehow heart of the law. The Ten Commandments wrote on stones, in ta- tables of stones. So God will create, bless them if they keep the whole law. If they are going to break the law, they will experience curses. And it was the, the sign of that covenant was the tablets of stone. And they were put in an ark of the covenant. Because when God gave Moses the tablets of stones, where he, God in his own hand wrote the Ten Commandments, he said to Moses that he should be, build an ark and put the covenant in that ark wooden ark and he did that so it's really interesting and and again god is faithful if they keep his law they will be blessed but if they break the law they will be cursed and we see that up through the history the israelite who's under that law have been cursed and have been blessed up through the history. And if we, if you look at that law and see what the curses is that's going to come upon that people, it's almost like studying Second World War, how the Jews got killed and how they got persecuted and yeah, thrown out and yeah, everything they happened on the Second World War when the Nazis came against the Jews. So God is faithful. If they keep the law, He will bless them. But if He, if they break the law, they will be cursed because this was the covenant. Covenant they have agreed to do with God. They said. We will keep every word, but they didn't do that. And I'm going to go back to that covenant later because you're going to see something interesting. Then we have later the covenant with David, King David. God's covenant with David. God made a covenant with David and he says something interesting in Samuel Second Samuel chapter verse seven. When you your days is over and you rest with you a sentence, I will raise up our offspring to succeed you, you own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish his the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. And the story is that King David's son, Solomon, in year 950 before Christ, 
He made the temple. He created the temple. And in that temple, they put the temple of stones and the Ark of the Covenant in that temple. But, 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 we know today that what God is talking about here, that he is going to establish his throne forever. And he will be, I will be his father, God said, and he will be my son. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, that one day, Jesus is going to come, the son of God, and he will be king forever, and he will create a house for God. And this is so interesting because this is so clear picture of the new covenant. God said to David that one of his descendants shall reign forever and he must build a temple. And Solomon did that. But when Jesus came, he created a new temple. Not a temple of dead stones. A temple of living stones. A temple of living stones. We are the temple of God. And where is the covenant? The Ten Commandments. The Art of the Covenant. The Ten Commandments. The Law. The Art of Covenant. Was not placed in a physical building. In a temple. No. In the New Covenant. Is written on our hearts. The law is written on our hearts, not on stone of temples and laying in a building. No, it's written on our hearts and put in our body because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this is so clear picture. Now I'm going to go through the New Testament soon and you're going to see how this All is a picture of the time we are living in today. And it's so interesting because also when when you see how Peter, uh, Stephanus, and the other was preaching the gospel in the book of Acts, you see that they, they always point back to this. For example, when Matthew chapter 1 is starting with that Jesus is the son of David. And when Peter stood over Pentecost and preached the gospel, he said that Jesus was the fulfilling of the promise that were given to David. So those people who know the covenant God had made with David, when they heard that, ah, they knew who Jesus was. He was the son of David. He was the one who was going to build a new temple. He is the one who was going to establish his kingdom forever. And 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 they, very often they talk about that. They talk about those. And, and when Peter was preaching later in Book of Acts chapter 3, you read here that he said, For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from amongst your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen or do not obey him will be completely cut off 
from their people. So we read here that Jesus, or that Peter preached that Moses have said that God will raise up a prophet like him. And now we should listen to that prophet. And everyone who does not listen to that prophet, do not obey that prophet, was going to be cut off. I want to read something from uh, Jeremiah because he prophesied about the new time that was going to come, about the new covenant we are going to look at. And he says this about the new covenant. This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their midst and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor and say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their weakness and remember their sin no more. When Jeremiah came and said that and and prophesied about the new covenant God will make. He said something that was very different from the old covenant, the covenant with Moses. Because when Moses came with the covenant, then God by his own hands write the Ten Commandments on stone of templates. And they later put it in the ark and in the temple, in the temple. But one day, God would put the law in the midst of us and write it on our hearts. And this was the difference. This was not written on their hearts. It was written outside their hearts on stone of temples. But now it's going to be written on the heart. And he said something other that's interesting. He said, I will put my law in their inner and write it on their hearts. He's talking about a new creation. Something new is going to happen inside of us. A new creation. He's talking about that everyone would know me. So he's talking about communing with God. And he's talking about that he will forgive their sin and remember it no more. So it's all about being free from guilt, shame and condemnation. It's so interesting because the new covenant with Jesus Christ, the time we are living in today, did something that the old covenant with Moses could not do. And what was that? Create, make a new creation. Create fellowship between us and God and set us free from guilt, shame and condemnation. I don't feel condemned. I don't go around with shame. I don't go around with guilt. Why? Because I'm not under the law. I'm not under the old 
Testament, the old covenant with Moses. No, I'm under new covenant with Jesus Christ. And because I am that, I am a new creation. The Lord is, law of God is written in my uh, innermost being. It's written on my heart. And God has removed away from me my sin and don't remember them no more. And because of that, I am free from guilt, free from shame and free from condemnation. And it's so interesting because if you look at this, so many people in the churches today don't have that. They still live under the old covenant. And we're going to look at that now. We're going to look at what the new covenant is and how we can come in and walk under the new covenant. I want to say that when the Bible talks about the old covenant, it don't mean that everybody of that this covenant is gone. No, the old covenant and the new covenant is instead of the old, and the old is talking about the law of Moses. This is the old. This is not the old. The covenant with Noah is still going on today because this was a covenant, everlasting covenant that's going to go on as long and as heaven and earth are there. That covenant is going to go on. But that covenant was only a short time unto Christ, Messiah, was going to come. And now he has come and created a new covenant. So it's so important because many people think, oh, we're not under the old covenant anymore. And they take everything in the Old Testament and throw it away. No. This is still going on today. It's just this. The law of Moses we are not under. So I can take this over the law of Moses and say it's over, it's out. We don't need to live under the law of Moses. We don't need to offer animals because we have one who have offered his life one time for all. I talked about that last time when we took a look of Hebrews and it's Jesus. So Jesus was one offer for all. So we don't need to offer animals today. We are not under that law today. But in many ways, we try to build New Testament churches under the Old Testament's rule. For example, when talk about tithing, give 10% of your salary to a church. The New Testament is not talking about that. We should not tithe. It's okay to give. We should give, of course. But the Bible don't say that we should tithe the way they are tithing. And many people don't know what tithing is either. Because if you go to uh, the, uh, Moses, the law of Moses and look what tithing was. Tithing was many things. It was never only 10%. Sometimes you should give 10% there. Other time, when you give the tithe, you have to put extra onto the tithe. Other time, you have to eat your tithe 
yourself. Other times you have to take one of the tithe and you should not give it every seven years. Other time there was different kind of tithing. If they have a king, you also have to give a tithe to the king. So tithing is much more than we just do it today. But we today take one verse out of Malachi who's talking about this and then say, hey, we should give 10% to the churches. No, we are not under that law. And when we start to go under the law, something is wrong. And then we say, yeah, but Jesus talk about tithing. But this is something we need to understand when we talk about the Old New Testament. The problem with the Bible today is that we have divided the Bible in the way that we have called it the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we think that everything here, because it is called the Old Testament, everything is old and everything here is new. No, many of the things in the Old Testament is for us today. It's not old, it's still going on. And some of the things is the, in the New Testament is not for us today because it was still part of the Old Testament. Let me explain. When Jesus said to the Pharisees, you shall give tithe, should they tithe what they got in? Yes, they should. Why? Because they were under the law. They had earth in Israel. And it was still part of who they were. So Jesus is talking to them about what they should do. And remember, the Gospels is... You have to... When you read the Gospel, you have to understand that it's in many ways still part of the Old Covenant. For example, in the New Covenant, we read about baptism in water to Jesus Christ. And we read about baptism with the Holy Spirit. But in the four Gospels, nobody got baptized to Jesus Christ in water. Nobody got baptized with the Holy Spirit because it was still not there. The covenant, New Covenant of Jesus was still not established the way it is today. So we have to understand who is Jesus talking to and when he's to, and who and, and and what is Jesus talking about. Sometimes he's talking to people under the law and talking about what the law is doing. Other times he's talking about what is going to happen. And this is something you need the Holy Spirit to help you so you don't get lost in what Jesus is saying. Yeah. The new covenant. The Covenant at that time was that God would never destroy heaven and earth and that the rainbow was a sign. Here, here God wants to bless Abraham and his descendants and he wants to give them the country Israel and circumcision was a sign. And here he's talking about a king who's going to rule forever and that he must build a temple. And then Jesus came and that covenant is different from the covenant of Moses also because this is a covenant for all who believe. It was not only for the Jews. It was for all who believe. And the condition is that 
we continue in faith. It's not enough that we believe one time. Anyone have to believe and continue believing. And the sign in many ways, baptism and the Holy Spirit as our inheritance. We read about that in Ephesians 1.13 and Book of Acts 2. So the sign that we, that you have entered into the new covenant is the baptism, the Holy Spirit and what Peter spoke on, on Pentecost. And it's so interesting because when the Jews in the beginning of the book of Acts, they only believe that this covenant was from Israel, the Jewish people, and not for the Gentiles. But later, God spoke to Peter and sent Peter to Cornelius and his house, to a house of Gentiles, non-Jews. And when he came in there, he spoke and he saw that the Holy Spirit came upon those Gentiles because he heard them speaking tongues. When he heard those people speaking in tongues, Peter stood, understood one thing. Whoa! They are part of the new covenant. There he understood because they ex- received the Holy Spirit. He understood that they were not now part of the new covenant. And what did he command them to do immediately? He didn't command them to get circumcised. He didn't command them to keep the whole law, the 613 laws that God came with to Moses. No, he commanded them to be baptized immediately. They have now received the Holy Spirit. And when he saw that, he was like, whoa, whoa. And he commanded them right away to get baptized in water so they should not be cut off of the new covenant. And we have to understand that our God is a covenant God. We serve a God who make covenants with us. And we, our life is part of this. And when the Bible today says that we today, by the grace of God, are saved through faith, it don't mean that people don't need to get baptized. It don't mean that people don't need to receive the Holy Spirit. Because when the Bible talks about the grace, when the Bible talks about faith, that now save us. It's talking about the covenant that is built on grace and faith. It's talking about the covenant. And there have been so much misunderstanding when people read the Bible. Because when we read that we are not under the law, we are not saved by works, we are saved by faith. Then it don't mean that we should not Continue in faith that we should not get baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. Because this is the condition the faith, the covenant of faith is built on. The covenant of grace is built on. 
But today, because people don't know that God is a covenant God, I have met many Christians who say, yeah, but, but we are saved. By, uh, it's by faith through grace we are saved. So, so we don't need to get baptized. We don't need to obey God. It just shows that they have not understood what faith is, what grace is. That is talking about the new covenant of Jesus Christ. The New Testament. Who spill on the condition of baptism. The same way that this is built on the condition of circumcision. So I think this is really interesting. The new covenant. And, and there's so many pictures in this. Also, they talk about a prophet that was going to come one day. A slain lamb who was going to come. A slain man. And a great king. And many Jews today believe that there's going to come two different persons. One person is a slain lamb. The next person is a great lion or a great king. But this is the same person. Jesus, when he came first time, he didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. He came as the lamb who was going to get slain because of our sin. He came to establish the new covenant. Next time he's going to come back, he's going to come back as a king. And he's going to judge the world. And we have to understand the big picture to understand the Bible. Moses there said, this is the blood of the covenant. He said that. Later in Luke 20, Jesus took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Covenant in my blood, which is poured out. The new covenant is instead of the old covenant. Don't try to live under the law. It comes to everything with the law. When it comes to the Sabbath, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to the priesthood, when it comes to what God came with Moses, we are not under the law of Moses. We are now under the law of Christ. We are not under the law of Moses. We are under the law of Christ. The New Testament. And we are going to look at what Jesus came with. What Jesus said. The prophet we should obey. The prophet we should listen to. Before I want to say that Jesus is also very radical. He's even more radical than when we just read the letter of the law. And before we're going to read there, I want to say that this is good news. It's radical, but it's still good news. The Bible says something interesting when it talks about the law. Because in the Old Testament, the law was written with letters on tablets of stones. In the New Testament, the law is written on our hearts. We are now living in the new covenant. And Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is saying that we are now ministry, ministries of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The big difference is that here the focus was the letter here this focus was the spirit behind the letter. The letter 
kills the spirit give life. And you can see a great clear picture of that. Because when God came with the covenant, when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, already there they have broken the covenant. Because many of them have already there broken the commandment and made an idol. And they have created, they have made a golden calf and was worshipping that. And what happened? They have broken the law, the letter. And 3,000 persons got killed. 3,000 persons got killed when Moses came down from the Mount of Zion with the Ten Commandments. 3,000 got killed. The letter killed. But the Spirit gives life when The Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost. 3,000 persons got a new life. And it's so strong to see because when did the Holy Spirit come down? The day they were celebrating when Moses came down with the law. So they, many years after, when the new covenant had started... They were together and those people in Jerusalem was together there because they were celebrating how Moses came down with the law. But now the Holy Spirit came down and established the new covenant. And what happened? 3,000 Repented, got baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. 3,000 got a new life. 3,000 died. 3,000 got a new life. What Jesus came with was the Spirit behind, not only the letter. And we're going to see that. We're going to look at the Spirit behind the letter. Because Jesus then go through Many, he go through all the Ten Commandments, the different ways when he was here on earth. And uh, it's so interesting because nine of the Ten Commandments, he somehow make it very clear or talk about the heart. The, the, the one is very different is the Sabbath because he go in many ways and talk about what the purpose with the Sabbath was all about. And I just have some, some verses I can read about the Sabbath. I don't want to go a lot into it now. But when talk about the Sabbath, Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And the Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath. The problem, when God came with the Sabbath, with the Ten Commandments, they twisted everything up. And, and somehow the Sabbath should be a blessing for those people, but instead it became a new curse. It became something they sh- should not do instead of a help for them. And it's so interesting because the Jews' mindset is that, oh, you may not work on a Sabbath, you may not do anything on Sabbath, you should uh, not cut your hair off a Sabbath, you should not help people on a Sabbath, you should not do anything on a Sabbath. And then Jesus came and he fulfilled the whole law. Did Jesus also fulfill the Sabbath? Yes, he did. 
But in John 5, you read that there was a sick person and Jesus healed the sick person. And the Pharisees, the Jews, the leaders persecuted him because of that. And then Jesus said, my father is is always at his work to the every day and I also is working. So the Sabbath for Jesus was a Sabbath of work. In the kingdom of God. It was not a Sabbath to lay on the sofa and do nothing. And then go up and go to church. No it was a Sabbath where he went out and blessed people. And healed people. And set people free. Are we under the Sabbath today? No. Because that rest the Sabbath is talking about we have in Jesus Christ. And in the letters nobody saying that we should keep the Sabbath. Uh, Rome is saying one day is important for one person, another day is important for another person. And everybody should do what, what they do. So I just want to say, but the rest of the law, I don't want to go too much into the seven, everything, be led by the Spirit is so much easier. The rest of the law, the Ten Commandments, Jesus is going and dealing with not the letter, but the heart behind the letter. As he's saying something interesting about murder. You have heard, he's talking about the law, that it had been said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and everybody who murder will be subject to judgment. And this was the law. And then he continued, but I tell you, and he said something more radical, if you have hate in your heart, you are murder. And everybody who said, you fool, shall be in danger of hell uh, of fire. And he continued about adultery. He said, you have heard that it had been said, you should not commit adultery. One of the Ten Commandments. But I tell you that anyone who look at a woman lustfully have already committed adultery with her in his heart. And he continued, it had been said, anyone who divorced his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, and he continue now telling something else, and end up anyone who marries a divorced wife have committed adultery. So what you see here is that Jesus didn't focus, focus only on the letter of the law. He focused on the heart behind the letter. The Pharisees should go like, no, I've never killed anybody. Oh, I'm righteous. I have never killed. I have never done idolatry. I've never gone up and done it. I have never got divorced. But Jesus came to the spirit behind the heart and said, okay, maybe you have not got done it physical, but you have hate in your heart. So you are a murderer. You look with lust on a woman. So you do idolatry and so on and so on. And there was the problem with the Pharisees. They were only focused on the letter of the law. You should do the right thing, but their heart was totally rebellious against God. Their heart was the problem. And God don't want a people who serve Him by the letter, but inside are totally rebellious against God. Before Jesus goes through some of the Ten Commandments, he said this in Mark 5. He said this, 
Do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophet. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In another way, I have not come to destroy the law, but I came to get it done. This is somehow what he said. I came to get it done. I came to help you to get it done. So you only not live by the letter, but you live by the spirit. Truly I say you, unto heaven and earth disappeared, not the smallest letter or the least road of the pen would by any means disappear from the letter, unto everything is accomplished. Therefore anyone who set aside one of the least of these commandments and teach people to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But everyone who practices them And teach others to do the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you that unless you righteousness perceive that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. He came to get the law done. He came to get it fulfilled. And I believe we're talking about like the law with the offering. It's over and out. It's gone. We don't offer anymore because Jesus offered one time for all. The law with the temple is over and out. Jesus came to create a new temple. What about the Ten Commandments? The, the letter in many ways, it's over and out. We don't live by the letter anymore. We as Christians should not live by the Ten Commandments and try to obey the letter. No, we should live the new life and, and live by the Spirit behind the letter. Because we are not under, ten, under the Ten Commandments today the way that, that is the written Ten Commandments. No. On stones, no, it's now in our heart. It's written on our heart. And you're going to see that later. So the law is over because Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to get it done by his spirit. And then he says, unless you righteousness perceive What of the Pharisees and teachers you are not going to enter the kingdom of God? Try to imagine to hear Jesus say this. Here you are Jew, and you saw the Pharisees and the teacher who was living by the letter, who was doing everything by the letter, who was taking all the time, all their life to live correctly by the law of Moses. They were using much more time, much more energy, much more eager to obey the law than you did there. But then you hear Jesus say, if your righteousness do not perceive them, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. If you hear this, you think, oh, I'm lost. Oh, it's totally out with me. Because I cannot live like they're doing. And Jesus said that my righteousness is going to perceive them. But what Jesus came with was not a new burden. Jesus didn't came 
with a big O, so we are going to have harder time. No, because the truth is setting us free and we are not under the law. There is a freedom there, but I'm going to talk about that. And Jesus talking some of the things, and this was for them very radical. You're going to see something interesting now. When he talked about divorce, later he talked with his disciple about divorce again. And you read in Matthew 19, I'm going to take some verses, they're talking about divorce and, and remarried and those things. And Jesus said here, Haven't you read, he replied, that from the beginning of creation, God made them as man and female. Male and female. So Jesus, when he talked about this with the disciples later, he said, don't you, in a, from the beginning of creation, God made them as male and female. And what God have united, no person shall divide. Now he's not talking about the law. He's talking about before the law. He's talking about how God created heaven and earth before sin came into the world. He's talking about Adam and Eve. And it's so interesting because Jesus is the new Adam. He came to, to make everything good that was destroyed by Adam and Eve. So he's talking about that. Suddenly, And they don't understand the thing. So they said to him, Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give a wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? So they're like, but, but, but why? If, if this is what you are saying now, Jesus, why did Moses then allow us to do this? And Jesus replied, Moses permitted you he permitted you to divorce your wife because your heart was hard but it was not that way from the beginning it's very interesting this and he continued and, and it was so radical what Jesus was saying it was so much radical than what the law came with what Moses said so they said The disciples said to him, If this is the situation between a man and a husband and his wife, then it's better to not marry. So try to imagine, here we have the Jews, the disciples who know the law, and they talk with Jesus about this. And, and then he said to Jesus, Jesus, uh, What about this divorce thing? And then he said from the beginning it was not like that. And then he started to talk about the beginning, how it was before sin came into the world. And they don't understand why Jesus only is talking about the beginning. And why Moses then said that, is, that and he said, why, why did Moses then permit a man to get divorced if it was like that? And then he said, Moses permitted you to divorce your wife because of your hearts was hard. The law was a compromise in many ways. The law could not do what the law was supposed to do because of their hearts was hard. Their hearts was hard. Their hearts was like stone. And because of their hard hearts, 
Moses permitted, permitted something. It have not been from the beginning. Moses permitted a man to divorce his wife. But now Jesus came with something more radical. He came to get the law done. He came to fix everything up that had been destroyed through Adam and Eve. And this is the whole part with the new covenant. Isaiah's Elyamir's prophesied over this and also Ezekiel. Look what Ezekiel said. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their hearts of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So this was a compromise Moses permitted people to do something that have not been from the beginning. But he did that because of their heart's heart. But then a new covenant came. Jesus came to get the law done. Not only the letter, but the spirit behind the letter to get that done. And he did that by dealing with the problem. The problem. That their hearts was hard. So he came in the new covenant to remove the hearts of stone for us and give us a heart of flesh. Why? Then we or they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. This I put it here. This is what the new covenant is all about. Jesus came to get the law done. He came to remove this heart of stone. To write this law, the spirit of the law on our hearts. So we will follow his decrees. And keep his laws. They, they were not able to do it. Because their hearts was hard. And law of Moses in many ways was a compromise. And there Jesus came and talked about the spirit behind the law. God don't want us to only serve him outside. He won our hearts. He don't want us to have a divided heart. He won our hearts. Hearts. He won that. The whole covenant is about the heart. When we receive the Holy Spirit, I spoke about that some time ago. When we receive the Holy Spirit, the love of God is poured out by our spirit. What do Jesus said about the commandments now? That is built on two things. That you should love God, your Lord our God, with your whole heart with your soul and with all your might. This is the first and greatest commandment. And there is a saying like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. So now we should love our God with our whole heart and love our neighbor. He won our heart. 
We continue. I just go through some scriptures where you can see it so clear the difference between the law and the new covenant and what God did. Hebrews is talking a lot about that. The old rule is now set aside. So we are not under the law of Moses anymore. We are not under the written law. We are not under that. The old rules have now set aside because it was weak and useless. The law of Moses could not make anything perfect. The law of Moses could not make it perfect. But now, <laughs> but now a better hope had been given to us. And with this hope, we have come near to God. So it's talking about the law could not make anything perfect. The law was useful. And Roman 8 is talking a lot about that. I just take a few words here. For what the law was not able to do because of the weakness by the flesh. Our flesh, the flesh is weak. Their flesh was weak. Their heart was hardened like stone. So the law was not able to do what it was supposed to do. But Jesus came to get the law done. By giving us a new heart and write the heart law on our hearts. The law was not able to do because the weakness of the flesh. And therefore we need to get certain, uh, we need not to get circumcised, we need to get baptized because there we cut off the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the law. So the righteous requirement of the law should be for fully met in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I'm going to come back to that. And, and many places also in Roman, they're talking about how it was one time and how it is now. And one place, but now... By dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law. So that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. We don't live by the old way of the written code. We don't live by the law. We live by the spirit. We live the new way of the Spirit. But now that we have been set free from sin and have become slave, become slave of God, the benefit you reap lead to holiness and the result is everlasting life. The result of that life in holiness is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to show you something. The law of Moses was weak. The law of Moses was not able to do what it should do. Because their hearts was hard. Then God created a new, a better covenant. And in that covenant, he created a new heart in us. He wrote 
They har the law, the Ten Commandments, not on stones and put it in a temple, but he wrote it on our hearts and put it in our living body, our temple. We are temple of the Holy Spirit. We can now have communion with God, and because of that, we are free from guilt, shame, and condemnation. The law of Moses could not do it, So God came with something better. The law was unable because of our flesh. But God sent his son Jesus Christ. And he did what he should do. The new blood of the covenant. So now that the requirement of the law is fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. We now serve in a new way of the Spirit. I want to focus the law, the requirement of the law is fully fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. It's fully made in us, not by us. We should not go under the law again and focus on the law all the time. Oh, now I should not do that. Now I should not do that. Now I should not do that. It's like if I say to you, you will not think of a pink elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. Now we are thinking of a pink elephant. And if you live a life where you like, I should not look with a lost on a woman, I should not look with a lost on a woman, I should not have hate in my heart, I should not have hate in my heart. If this is your only focus, do you know what is going to happen with you? You are not going to experience the freedom. But if you instead know that you are not under the written law, the written code, but you are under the spirit, And you just let the Holy Spirit change you and live out through you. You experience a freedom. I don't focus on death. I focus on the new life. I focus on serving Jesus. I focus on what the New Testament and the, what Jesus' word is saying, what, what the Bible is saying, and I serve Him. And when I focus on Him, serve Him, then I can stop and look back and say, whoa. Oh, it's long time since I've looked with a lost in a woman. It have long time since I have hate in my heart. It's not because I say I should not do it, I should not do it. No, because I live the new life. And when I live the new life, the requirement of the law is fulfilled in us. And it's so important. And if I look at the churches today, Many people in the churches are not saved, to be honest. They are not saved. They are still living under the law in the Old Covenant. They are not saved. They don't have the baptism in water. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the new life we read about. And those people would feel guilt, shame and condemnation all the time. And no matter what you say to them, Go out and preach the gospel. You have to to uh, keep away from those things that sin. No matter what we say, they will feel, oh, condemnation, I feel condemned, I feel condemned. Oh, And they will always live and feel that no matter what you tell them to do. 
Because everything you say with them would be like a new law. But if you are new creation, if you are free, you can read the word of God and you will not feel condemned because of that. Instead of you will feel, oh, I need to take that. I need to work with that. I need to lift that out. But you don't do it in shame. You do it in freedom. And many people are not there today in the church because we have compromised with what the gospel is all about. We say, ask Jesus into your heart and you are saved. There is no repentance, there is no baptism water, there is no baptism with the Holy Spirit. And therefore people try to live by the letter of the law, but their heart is not written in their heart. And because it's not written in their heart, they will not be able to do it and they will fall all the time. There is also some people who have experienced the new covenant. But because they are in a church where they are always talking about the old covenant and the law and you had to do and you had to do. And their focus is always what you had to do, what you had to keep away from, what you are not allowed to do instead of the Holy Spirit and the new life. Then they start good but they go under the law one more time. They, they start by in the spirit but they go under the law, and when you start to go under the law, they will, feel condemned, they will feel condemned one more time. We are not under the written letter law. We are not under the law the way the Jews was it. No, we are in the new covenant. It's all about the new life by the Spirit. And you don't fulfill those things. Jesus is talking about by just saying, I may not, I may not, I may not. No, you fulfill it by living with Him. And the difference also between the new covenant and old covenant is that the new creation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everything there we receive by faith. Before we have obeyed any of the law of God, is a gift of God. And from that moment on, we are righteous. It's not like we have to work, work, work and do a lot of things to become righteous. No, we become righteous. We enter the new covenant by faith, by doing what the new covenant is talking about. Repent, get baptized, receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We get it there and we get the righteousness of God already there from the beginning. And there we have it. And then we start to walk the new life in the freedom. And this was the difference also between the old covenant and the new covenant. Are we not under law anymore then? We are not under the law of Moses. That's correct. We are now in a new covenant. We are under the law of Christ. We should obey Jesus. We live by the new covenant, the new testament. And the law of Moses is like 613 laws. In the new testament, there is over 1100 things like we shall do and, and may not do and, and things we should listen to. 1100, much more than this. And I can read some of the things. Examine yourself and see whether you are in the faith. This is something we should do. We should examine ourselves. Love one another. We should do that. 
hate evil, we should do that. Exhort one another, we should do that. Offer your body as a living sacrifice, we should do that. Flee from sexual sin, we should do that. Flee from idolatry, we should do that. 1100 places like this. One of the places Jesus, he's also saying, he's saying this. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We should also do that. Take my oath upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble at heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my oath is easy and my burden is slight. This is also something we should do. The different when when talk about the new covenant and the law of Jesus, this is something we cannot take eleven hundred and memorize. We should do that. We should, oh now now and Jesus also say go out and preach the gospel to the whole. world. Okay, I have to go out, but also I have to examine myself, and oh I have to flee from this. I also have to flee from this. No no no. The law of Jesus is not working like that. This is the new life by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit know where you are. And it's all about listening to the Holy Spirit and living the new life. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will deal with you and say, flee from that, don't do that. And then you do it. Other times the Holy Spirit will say, you have to go out. You have to obey me. You have to go out and preach the gospel. This is the truth. This is what Jesus is saying. And it is. And the Holy Spirit will deal with you. And you obey and you go and do it. Other times, the Holy Spirit will say, Relax. Come to me. Come to me. Take my oath upon you. Now you are taking two marks upon you. Take my oath upon you. And this is also the truth. This is also what the Holy Spirit is saying. And this is the good thing. The good thing is that the Holy Spirit will convince this world of sin, righteousness and judgment. He will teach us all things we need and remember. Help us to remember all things Jesus has said. I don't know where you are in your life, but we start with repentance, baptism, Holy Spirit, a new life. Then we are free. No guilt. We are free from sin. And the Holy Spirit starts to deal with us. In the beginning, in my life, it was the big physical things like adultery and sins I did and drinking and, and things I did because I came out from the world and got saved. And then there was a time where it was the fear of God. God worked in me, the Holy Spirit. Then there was a time it was the Father of God. Then there was a time where it was about, why did I do what I do? Now it's not a big sin anymore. Now it's my heart. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Is because you are proud? What is wrong with you? What, what, do you build your own kingdom or do you build God's kingdom? And the Holy Spirit start to deal with me in this. And this is so important that we understand that there is a journey. That we understand that it's not up to us to fix every person's life, but it's the new life and the Holy Spirit. 
And some years ago, I was a bad leader because I said to everybody, hey, you should not do that, you should not do that. And I started to give them the law again. Hey, you should not do that, you should not do that. And people, it didn't help people that I was giving them the law all the time. And this is what many churches do. No, instead, you should give them the new life. Help them. The law is good. But what, what Paul is say, saying is, we know that the law is good if we use it properly. So the law is good if we use it properly. That we know that the law is made not for righteous, but for lawbreakers and so on and so on. The law is not for righteous people. The law is for sinners. I use the law when I share the gospel. I use also what Jesus is saying here to get people to understand their sin. And sometimes I share the gospel to people in the church who call themselves Christian because I see out of their life that they are not safe. They don't live in the new commandment. They are still under the law. They still live in sin. So there I also use the law. But for people who are starting a new life, we should not use the law all the time. No, we should help them to come in and walk by the Spirit. And I have seen after I let the Holy Spirit deal in people's lives, they grow up so stronger than I have ever seen before. Because it was the Holy Spirit who deal with them. And I am from A, B, C, D, E. I'm maybe on M or on another letter now. Some people are on, on P. Some people are on E. Some people are different places in their journey. But the Holy Spirit know where they are and what the next step is to them. So we should take not the 1100 laws Jesus is coming with and, and the New Testament. We should take, just read the New Testament and pray, see God and let the Holy Spirit work in us. Don't focus on the letter only. Don't focus on the letter in the Old Testament. You are free. Focus on the New Testament. Focus on the Spirit. I'm going to stop now and I really hope that this teaching is going to help you and set you free. You're going to understand you're not under the law anymore. Now you should focus on the Spirit. We serve in the new way of the Spirit. In many ways it's easy to be a Christian. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. Take the New Testament. Read the Word. Take the whole Bible, of course, and read it. But read the New Testament and let it come in in your life. Let it be part of who you are. And then you will experience how the Holy Spirit someday, no, you have to flee from that. No, you have to do that. The Holy Spirit is working in us. He's reminding us. You have to go out and preach. Hey, relax. Come in. Take my oak upon you. Relax. Be together with me. The Holy Spirit is leading us. And this is what we live in today. We don't live in the written code. We live by the Spirit, the new life. What the law could not do, Jesus came and did. In the new covenant, by writing the law on our hearts, by giving us the new spirit. And I believe that this is going to help you and set you free. So I will pray now and my wife is going to sing a song. 
God, I thank you for this teaching. I, I pray that this is going to help people and set them free, God, to come in and live the new life you have for everybody. God, thank you because we're not under the law. We are under grace. We are under truth. By grace, we receive everything, the new life. And there we started. And then we start to live in the truth. And there the truth is going to set us free. We thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you for, for your righteousness by faith, Jesus. We thank you because you have given us that righteousness. So we now, out of our love to you, can serve you. We don't keep your commandments so you have to love us. No. Because we love you, we want to keep your commandment. Because you have already poured your love out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, we want to serve you. So come, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit and open our eyes and sit us free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. I hope you got something out of it. It, it. It's not a burden. It's a new life. We get in love with Jesus. We follow him. And we want to keep his law. We want to serve him because we love him. It's all out of love. It's all out of the new life, the new spirit. Next time I'm going to start and be more practical. Uh, and, and this lesson and the other lesson, I want to help you how you can use that also out to other people, how you can reach other people with it. So look forward to that and uh, God bless you.